you're listening here on Sin. I'm Ashikin, your host for Soul Food tonight, and you're here catching an interview with a local artist. And we have Zara Moana here on air. Say hey. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You are a fan, like fantabulous. I think that's a new word that I've created. Artist. And do you want to tell us a bit about your origin story? Because you've been doing this since you were like 13. Can you tell us like your little hustle story? Yeah, sure. Well, I've always been involved in music. But I first started doing gigs when I was about 15, performing just at like local cafes and restaurants and pubs. And I've kept doing that, just the acoustic guitar and singing. And I've recently started releasing my own original music in the last few years. Yes, awesome. Um, Yes, I love that you, you know, you, you start off as like this performance artist, like going to gigs. Like I think you did like a few stuff on like AFL nights or whatever um, at the yeah. local pub. So that's like really gorgeous. I love that. Um, and you're also an artist. I really do want to highlight this. Like, um, yeah, because you do paintings. What's the story with that as well while we're here? Yeah, so I actually studied a Bachelor of Fine Arts at RMIT And during my course, obviously we were affected by the lockdown. I started, I started an Instagram account with my mum and we started posting our artworks together and it just had an amazing reaction. And so many people were supporting us from that Instagram account. And now we do, we do paint and sip classes and run a gallery in Ringwood East. (gasps) Whoa, paint and sip classes. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Oh my gosh, that is, and with your mum, that is so wholesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's really good. Yeah. Is there a, like a way that listeners can book this or like did, like a website that we could go to um to like do a gals night or a paint and sit with our mates? Yeah, so absolutely. You can book through auroraart.com and there you can also find all my artwork and prints and a lot of my artwork is inspired by my music as well, so since I'm a malt, I do both. It um, coincides with the artwick as well. Yes. Okay, perfect segue because um, I, I see a lot of inspiration and I think your art really does look like a visual like a visual version of your kind of audio world that you take us into um, with your music. You have two tracks, um, Every Day is a Holiday and Take Me Away at the Moment. And I think that your art also kind of gives that kind of escape feeling that these two songs have. Um, yeah, what, like, I guess kind of, like, what is the the common denominator between all your sorts of arts? Where do you find that inspiration? Well, I'm really inspired by, obviously, my artwork, memories, um, my culture as well, um, family, and I'm also really inspired by nature. A lot of my artwork's inspired by nature, and um, I take photos of different plants or places I've been to and use that for reference images. So, yeah, I'm inspired by a lot of them. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that you, like, took – because you do sound really earthy and you have this, like, grounding sort of sound. And, like, typically – because when I was thinking about you and when I was listening to your music, I was like, this is – and it just goes to show how like multidisciplinary you are because you can hear a lot of different inspiration and it's not just like purely R&B which i think is really like admirable there's i think a lot of um 
artists out there. Yeah, and I think it's like because everyone is so eclectic. We're also multifaceted. We find inspiration from anywhere, everywhere. You do really remind me of um, Alanis Morissette, like unwritten. Like it really does. Yes, you really sound. I think "Take Me Away" really feels like that. And um, yeah, you like take. I think I just want to talk about "Take Me Away" for a couple seconds since it's your latest at the moment that's been released. It like features like really soft hi hats and like clicks. Um, really like natural percussion and like this like flanger twangy guitar. Um, I think the bass, which some I think it's like a little hidden gem there because it kind of reminds me of the bass in Beautiful Liar by Beyonce and Shakira. The da 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 da. no, and like you can kind of hear, and I think your your R and B is more so like a little spice that you kind of like sprinkle over your your music. Um, and it's not something that just over overwhelms the whole track itself um yeah like what's your musical inspiration behind this like specific track and like what was it kind of about what were you trying to portray I guess yeah so the inspiration behind Take Me Away is mainly 90s R&B I really wanted to capture that nostalgic feel because I grew up listening to a lot of that music myself I really just wanted it to be modern but reminiscent of that time period I guess. Yeah, yeah. I like I think a lot of listeners can hear that. Like it really does feel nostalgic. You have a tone that completely is like a part of like a catalog of 2000s icons, I feel like. You have this really like specific oh, so tone. Good. No, but genuinely, like I think like listeners when you when you hear take take me away or um the new track that we're going to play, um that's a bit of a sneak peek. We'll talk about that later on, but you really will feel that sense of like you're stepping into the 2000s. And like do you have any artists that you listen to when you feel uninspired? Yeah, well, I love listening to a lot of local artists as well as like classic 90s and 2000s icons so yeah local artists I really like I really like Remedy, Pania, I really like Hate as well because yeah. I'm beginning she's also PNG so I really love her music and um, yeah obviously like the big R&B names like Rihanna, Alicia Keys, Ashanti yeah up and coming artists as well as um 90s R&B 2000s icons that is so I think like you've said something that is quite like layered like that's a quite layered answer because it's like yes you can take a lot of inspiration as an artist from you know the classic book like textbook kind of um you know icons that kind of pave the way and trailblaze but like without the context of like the re the now and the present and the current acts that are that inspire you and make you want to listen to them I think it's like it would be very um difficult to have a a, a really fully dimensional um track and sound so I think that yeah that's like really cool that you take inspiration from not only the the oldies but the goodies but you also take from like the new and the upcoming artists especially like local and like Kait is like one of our favorite artists here on the station like Oh, just amazing. Yes. Oh, so good. Um, Also manifesting a collab like one day. Like, honestly, that would be amazing. Yeah. Like I can see this happening for you. It's in the books. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you. 
Yeah, and I think as well, you do have, like, you embrace a more alternative pop R&B, which is, like, really cool because that's something that I hadn't thought about this until, like, last year, until my Spotify wrapped. I actually apparently listen to more alternative R&B than just pure classic textbook R&B, and I didn't realise this. And so it's, it is the sound that, like, it, um, it just shows how malleable music can be. In, and I guess my question to you is, did you kind of adopt this style because it was this sort of music you usually listen to or did you kind of adapt to this more alternative pop R&B in order to like adapt to the Australian audience and landscape was that another um, underlying like variable perhaps I I probably more focus on just what inspires me rather than trying to adapt to what listeners like like for example I really like like 90s R&B music and I just really wanted to try and capture it. I didn't really know if anyone else would like it as much as I do, but I just kind of took it and went with it. Yeah, beautiful. And I think, yeah, I think that's like so, so true. And I think that's definitely something that artists should feel like they can focus on. And I think this is a really good segue to our like questions of like the current you know, environment that R&B local Australian artists have to face. So being a local R&B artist, how has the industry welcomed and supported you if they have? Um, I think that social media has been an amazing tool for artists. I've had a lot of support online from people um, sharing the song on like their stories or just commenting and saying that they've listened. So that's been really amazing. And there's obviously um, a lot of just small local blogs and different like Instagram accounts that do music reviews. And that's been really amazing as well for me. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And I think, yeah, social media has just become this new digital age. And I think even on the question of how did R&B even come to Australia? It's like obviously R&B originated um, in like the US through the African-American community in the 1940s. And so it's like... It's. It feels sometimes. It feels like you know Australia is a bit is a bit behind, light years away from the concentration, the saturation of the R and B audience that they have, like compared to ours. Because obviously it originated in the U S, and so there's already this kind of wide array of of people listening to this genre. So like, and waiting for like the digital age to come over here and show us through MTV what this music sounds like and all that sort of stuff. And sometimes it just feels like there there might not be an audience. And I think you talked about that right uh, in this interview just before, saying like, some am I the only one that's like listening to this? Is this something that you often feel like when you're creating your art? Whether like, is there even like people listening to R&B in Australia? Is that something that goes through your head? Yeah, well, for sure. I do often consider that. I think that like we said earlier, there's a lot of artists that are really big names that lots of people jump on and support them, but they're usually international. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everyone loves, you know, Scissor, Rihanna, Beyonce, all the big names. But there's a lot of people locally, even in Melbourne, that are really doing amazing things in the industry as well and making awesome R&B music. So, yeah. It's really good to listen to both and just be influenced by both. Yeah, yeah, so true. And, like, why do you think that local R&B music hasn't seen the success? And I'm, I'm 
probably more specifically talking like commercial success, monetary success, because I do think the R&B scene, the underground scene is successful. There are uh, a group of people who do truly love this raw music. Um, But in terms of like more measuring it by how commercial it is and commercially successful it is. Yeah. Mm. Why hasn't the local scene seen it's the success like the international counterparts have? Honestly, I guess it probably links back to what you were saying before, how it originated in the US. Yeah. The scene is still, well, there's obviously like a underground scene here, but it's not as commercial as some of the artists internationally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah, social media has helped with a lot of um, smaller artists and even independent artists that aren't signed to labels being found just through TikTok sounds and even like Instagram reels. I've seen smaller artists get popular just by people using their reels which has been really good. Yeah. I yeah. think about, like, Eric, Erica Padilla. I used to follow her when she had a 1,000 followers and then she went on yeah. Eurovision, like, last year. And then I think about, um, like, Larissa Lambert as well. I'm doing the yes. week yeah. cover. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, and I think you're so right. That social media um, bridging that gap is, like, really yeah. important. But, yeah, I think it's, like, when I think about this and kind of when I think about that question, I kind of think about how the natural progression of an artist in the US is exactly the same as you, you know, uploading covers, uploading songs on Spotify, and from then on getting a manager and getting a label. I think that sort of natural, and they, you know, usually become quite big, like SZA, um, you know, and all that sort of stuff, and Summer Walker and Janae, like this is a natural progression and it should lead to something um, permanent. And I think that for R&B in the local industry, what I've seen and felt is that this natural progression um, isn't as supported or nurtured. Is that, like, something that you've experienced or, like, have felt? I guess that I'm still pretty new to releasing music. Yeah. So I haven't experienced it yet, but there's a lot of support for Australian music, I feel like, in the industry with, like, Triple J Unearthed, and different radio stations and blogs, there's support for Australian artists. At the same time, I do feel like people in my life, just friends and family, they they move more towards listening to commercial music and international artists rather than just local singers and songwriters. Yeah, that's so true because it's like what is put on, you know, co- on commercial radio and what's supported yeah. by commercial radio, it's usually international acts and and all that sort of stuff so it's just like in terms of accessibility sometimes you know r&b music just isn't accessible on the broader kind of wider australian commercial landscape as well and i think yeah that's kind of one of the things we want to like dive into and explore it's like yeah how come we aren't listening our local acts on like the big big like tv shows and radio and late night shows and this is like the sort of stuff that we want to push at soul food and i guess like do you have yeah. Um, do you have any proposals as to perhaps, like, in your opinion, like, it's really free to, you know, kind of brainstorm. What do you, like, what proposals do you, like, have as to how the Australian music industry could amplify local acts and local R&B artists? Well, I guess it's already been done, but just more festivals, more R&B specialised music festivals where people can go and experience it in person like I recently went to Friday's Live which was all old school 
R&B act. Yeah. Was that the Neo show with um, um, with Neo and like, or was this a different show? Yeah. So the lineup was um, like Macklemore, um, Shaggy, oh, yeah. Ashanti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heaps of people. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they were, yeah. Um, yeah, really popular in the two thousands. So not they didn't have any up and coming people as much. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. it would be really nice to see something similar that included big names as well as people that are really paving the way with new music as well. And I agree that with you. really it's popular. Yes, yeah. because it's like the whole point of, you know, featuring artists, like this is why Nicki Minaj features with like so many like random artists and like, you know, um, Kelly um, Rowland literally did a song with Ira Starr for Bloody Samaritan, um, who is like, yeah, Ira Starr is this like African artist who who makes Afro soul. And like, yeah, Kelly Rowland jumped on that to kind of amplify that sort of music. And so it's like, that's the role. And I think that's the role of like really um, trailblaze, like really big names. It's to like one of their roles should technically be to support the smaller acts who they think have a real potential to grow and expand. And yeah, like just on this topic, Jay Sean like has been doing that for a local artist in Melbourne, Shredder. I don't know if you've heard about this, but um, Jay Sean like reposted, yeah, reposted her TikTok, like the down guy, like down, down. And he reposted, (laughs) yeah, I know, Jay Sean. Yeah, um, he reposted her TikTok and now she's, signed to like the heavy group which is like a record label that he's with or like a managing group that he's with for artists and like now she's jumping between Melbourne and LA and it's like I think because I think we shouldn't have to have artists go overseas in order to make it big why is it that LA managers yeah like why is it that LA managers can find the talent in Melbourne but we can't do that for ourselves it's like yeah, I think that's, like, the main kind of frustration that I'm having. Um, I don't know if, like, you feel this as well because it's just, like, yeah, I don't know I'm if... Totally yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Would you, like, do you think that artists have to go overseas um, in order to make uh, to make it big in R&B? Do you think that has to happen? And do you, would you want that to happen for yourself as well? Or would you rather stay in, like, Melbourne and, um, yeah, if you had the chance to kind of nurture the R&B scene here, would you, like... Yeah. Ideally, I'd love to be able to stay in Melbourne and do it here. I think that would be amazing for not only myself, but just for Australian R&B artists everywhere. It would be amazing to have our own scene here that other countries are like sorting after us and listening to it as well. It would be amazing. And I think that's what you guys do a lot at your radio station as well. You try to amplify new artists and new voices and I think that's really awesome yeah yeah and I love that you said that like yeah we should be building and nurturing the artists here taking care of them here so that it's the international managers and record labels or whatever or international audience that comes and and flies here in order to yeah to listen to our music and yeah maybe maybe even pursue a career because I think Melbourne's hub is so special and there's just so much raw talent here that it would be silly to pass that up and not take care of um, artists like yourself here. Yeah. And so this leads me to another question. What are your predictions for the future of Australian R&B? Well, I hopefully would like to predict that there will be more festivals and concerts that feature 
amazing lineups of different R&B artists. I would love that. I'd also love for more radio stations like what you're doing that just amplify voices and just support artists and help people find new artists that they love and listen to. Yes, beautiful. And last question, and we have been kind of exploring this and talking about this, but do you think Melbourne has a taste for R&B? And so do you think there is an audience here that can help sustain this genre and keep it alive here? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, so many of my friends and even just people on social media I follow are using the sounds of different TikTok artists and they're posting it on like their Spotify raps and like they're clearly listening but they just need to look inward and listen to what's in Melbourne as well as internationally. Yes! (laughs) Sorry, what? I think I just like cut you off because I was so excited by your answer. (laughs) Thank you. But you're so right. It's like, yeah, all my mates use like Scissors album yeah, is charting exactly. billboard come on <laughs> i love all the big names but we should be sharing it around a bit you know <laughs> yeah passing the baton it's not it's not a competition like music and art it's a collaborative community based um exactly. sort of field and it and i 100% agree with you speaking of art and speaking of music we have a special track but no one other than Zara Moana. What is the next track we're going to be playing tonight? So my new track is called Far Away Lover. It is a summer, tropical, feel-good, upbeat anthem. And it is out on all streaming services on the 27th of January. So yeah. you're listening to it here first on Soul Food. <laughs> 